Kay Cunningham versus Clarence Green. We have it, finally, tonight, Detroit versus Houston. We're going to talk about that matchup on today's podcast, but before we get into that, we're going to talk about some numbers that I've dove into and some interesting stats I've found about the Detroit Pistons offense, specifically their transition offense. I think you guys are going to be really interested to hear about that. All on today's episode of the Lockdown Pistons podcast. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Lockdown Pistons podcast. I'm your host, per usual, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter, at Kuka Hill. You can find the podcast on all your podcast platforms. Thank you for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. And like I just said, we are free and available on all your podcast platforms. As well, we are available now on YouTube. We are sitting around 440 subscribers. I think we want to get to 1,000 subscribers soon. Make sure you go support the podcast, subscribe over there. Even if you just like listen to the podcast version, Please make sure you go support the podcast by subscribing to the YouTube channel. We really appreciate it. Um, but yeah, today's episode is also brought to you by McDonald's. Proudly serving communities since 1965, McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. So on today's episode of the Lockdown Pistons podcast, we are going to be talking about, and also, excuse me, I'm still feeling really sick, except right now, it's not my throat at all. It's just simply I have a really bad running nose and I'm coughing a lot. So hopefully we don't run into any of those issues on the pack and I don't have to cough or blow my nose or anything. Hopefully we we, we make it through good. But like I said, we're going to be talking about the matchup Houston versus Detroit, Christian Wood going against his old team. But more importantly, Kay Cunningham versus Clarence Green for the first time, the number one and number two overall pick going at each other. It's going to be incredibly interesting. All the eyes are going to be on this game. Uh, so hopefully Kay wins this, but we'll dive into that matchup later on in the podcast. What I want to spend the first segment or possibly two segments talking about is the Pistons offense. So we've talked about the Pistons offense a lot on this podcast. And I know some of you guys may be thinking, oh, here we go again. We're talking about the same thing over and over again, except we are not doing that today. I feel like I've came up, I did a lot of research today. And I feel like there's a lot, a different perspective. I should say I brought to the table in this conversation we're about to have. And I think you guys are going to be really interested in it. So Let's dive right into it. And I had a few of you guys say that that's my favorite saying, dive right into it. It is. Maybe I need to find a new saying, or maybe I just make that like my saying, my go-to thing. Everyone just knows me by it. Uh, but either way, let's go ahead and get into it. So the Detroit Pistons offense this year, they currently rank 30th in the entire NBA in points per 100 half-court plays at 79.9 points. That is three points worse than the second worst team in the entire NBA, okay? That's in the half-court. You guys have heard multiple times on this podcast, and I've had guests on here. I've talked about it religiously for a while now. I even mentioned in the offseason on the podcast that I wanted to see the Pistons pick up the tempo. I want to see the Pistons, you know, play at faster pace, get more transition looks, get more transition buckets. I feel like that would be easier for a team that struggles in the half court, really uh, don't really have no one that can break down their defender outside Kate Cunningham right now, uh, who is coming back from an ankle injury. So he's not even that great at it right now. So outside of Cade, this team really does struggle to have anyone on the team who can really break down their defender, get a bucket for themselves, or get a bucket for someone else in the half court. And it shows, as the stat I just pointed out, they're 30th in the NBA in points per 100 half court plays. Uh, it's not, it's it's a very bad stat uh, to have as, uh, as for your team. So, like I just said, I've been begging for more transition uh, transition looks. 
Um, if you look at the Pistons' transition uh, offense this year, it doesn't equate to that. It, it, it's a team that is openly choosing to play slow. Um, they're not. They're they're accepting how bad they are in the half court. I've said that if you're going to be that bad in the half court, you need to get out in transition and get easy buckets for you. However, it looks like the Pistons have just disagreed with me. Uh, right now, the Pistons are currently ranked 27th in total transition frequency. They're 28th in transition frequency off of steals, and they're 23rd in transition frequency off of live rebounds. Okay, so not only are they awful in the half court, they are also just straight up – this is even their just points off of transit, how good they are off of it. This is just simply how often they do it, and they're just simply choosing not to go in transition. They're choosing not to play fast. They're choosing to play in the half court. They're choosing to play slow. Uh, and I've sat here on the pockets over and over before, like I've said, over and over and over, saying – that the Pistons need to pick up the pace. They need to pick up the speed. It doesn't make sense. You're this bad of a half-court team for you to be straight up refusing to run in transition. I've made the hypothesis that, you know, maybe Dwayne Casey's choosing to do this with a young team because he wants to limit their turnovers. He feels like if they run a little bit too much, their turnovers are going to get too high and it's going to create easy looks for the team on the other end. Uh, Fair, I guess, kind of. Uh, but I, me personally, I disagree. I think the Pistons, if you're going to be that bad in the half court, you have to find a way somehow to get your offense clicking. And I feel like transition looks, especially with a young team, is the best way to do it. That, that's just been my opinion of it. And we've had arguments going back and forth. Is it because the Pistons can't grab defensive rebounds? Are they not grabbing enough defensive rebounds to run in transition? Well, you know, a few packets ago, we proved that to be wrong because in defensive rebounding percentage, they were towards the top half of the league. So it's not that bad. Is because they can't get that many stops. At the point we were talking about, they were getting a decent amount of stops compared to the rest of the league, so it wasn't just that. It's just simply, at that point, it looked like it was simply a choice by the Detroit Pistons not to run in transition. So, I went digging. I was like, you know what? I need to figure out the answer to this, because it's really bugging me. Now, it's, not, it's bugging me that the Pistons are simply not running in transition, but it's also bugged me to not really understand why it's happening. Why are they like this? Why is this happening? Are they choosing this? Is it simply because their defense isn't good? Is there something else happening that's stopping them from running in transition? What, what, what's going on? So I, I looked at the Pistons last decade or so uh, compared to where they're at right now. So the Pistons, since 2018-19, have ranked no higher in transition frequency than 21st in the NBA. And that was last season, 2020-2021. That was the first year of the full rebuild, the young guys, all that thing. So it kind of makes sense that that would be the year that they've ranked the highest in transition frequency. I honestly thought that would have been one of the Derrick Rose years. Derrick Rose did play part of last year, but I, I honestly thought it might have been 1920 simply because of Derrick Rose and how he likes to play fast and run in transition and get a lot of his buckets that way. But I was wrong. So the Detroit Pistons, like I just said, they've ranked no higher than 21st in transition frequency since 2018-19. Before that, they ranked top 10 in transition frequency in five of the previous six years. So, what changed in 2018-19? Well, I think it's a very clear thing of what changed. The Pistons fired Stan Van Gundy, and they hired Dwayne Casey. Now, before we move on with this subject, I just want to make this clear. I am not sitting here saying that Dwayne Casey is needed to be criticized for this. That absolutely just means bad things if you don't run in transition. Like some teams may just be good in the half court and don't need to push in transition. I'm not saying you need to do one of the both. Uh, simply having a high frequency in transition doesn't mean you're doing great. That, that's not what that means. I'm simply doing a correlation here. The Pistons, before Dwayne Casey was hired, ran in transition a lot. 
Since he's been hired, it's been an immediate drop-off in transition frequency towards the bottom of the NBA. Like I said, in the five of the previous six seasons before Dwayne Casey was hired, the Detroit Pistons ranked top 10 in transition frequency. As soon as he was hired, they've ranked no higher than 21st in the entire NBA. Now, some of you guys may be saying to yourselves, Koo, he's had teams who are older guys. He hasn't had exactly a young team. He hasn't had exactly, you know, fresh legs, you know, 20, 20 early 20-year-olds that already just run up and down the court nonstop. He had to deal with the, the bones of Blake Griffin. He had to deal with the leftovers of Reggie Jackson, all this stuff, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And while those statements independently would be correct, that does not make it doesn't it's not a good argument for what we're talking about right here. And I will explain to you guys why in the upcoming segment. But first, I have to tell you guys about one of our sponsors. It's your guys' favorite sponsor, Built Bar. I love Thanksgiving. All of the good foods, the treats, plenty of all the treats. Trust me, I love them. But maybe you want a yummy dessert, but isn't so full of calories and sugar. It's the perfect time for Built Bars. Built Bar is a new holiday dessert. Feast on something delicious and feel good about it. One slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end. Most Built Bars are only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein. We place a coconut cream pie with a coconut Built Bar. I'll go for a raspberry Built Bar instead of that raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie. Trust me. Low calories, low carbs, low fat, high in protein. Covered in 100% real chocolate that are salted easy on the teeth to chew. Built is a great option for when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, go for a Built Bar too right now. Share some of your Built Bars at family gatherings. I promise it'll make things less awkward. Maybe Aunt Betty hasn't tried a Built Bar yet and it'll change her whole mood. You don't have to have awkward conversations now at the family gatherings. You might have some fun, interesting ones. There's new surprises all month too. Limited time flavors arriving at Built.com regularly. So go check the site out often. And there's also nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday. Mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises and flavors. Be sure to look out for that. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. So, where were we? Ah, yes. We were talking about Dwayne Casey and the Pistons' refusal to run in transition. Now, like I said, some of you guys, before we went to break, may be saying to me, you know, the Pistons have had to deal with injured guys. They've had to deal with Reggie Jackson, Blake Griffin, who was hurt. They had to deal with Andre Drummond, whether or not he likes to run in transition. You could, you know, maybe some of you guys may use that as an argument. Um, they've had to deal with a bunch of other older players. Wayne Ellington. Um, who else? Anthony Tolliver at, at, at one point. I think he played in one season with Dwayne Case, I believe. Um, I mean, and a ton of other guys. It, just not guys who are apparently, in people's minds, pure athletes. And apparently, according to a lot of people, you just need pure athletes around transition. It has nothing to do with simply just playing faster and having skilled players and maybe taking advantage when defenses aren't set. The only people who can run transition apparently are guys who are just more athletic to you. By the way, that's incorrect. That's just, it's just, it's just false. It's a false equivalency that people make between transition and athlete. That's not how it works. It's just not, that's, that's not a, 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 an absolute equal there. That's not what you need every time to run in transition. But anyways, so, like I said, I was losing myself a little bit. I want to make sure I stay on the track here. Uh, but, oh, actually, I have to tell you guys, thank you again for making Locked Up Pistons your first listen of every day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. Now, anyways, let's get right back into what we were talking about. So, Dwayne Casey was hired in 2018-19. The Pistons have not ranked any higher than 21st in transition frequency. So, with all those things I just mentioned, I wanted to see, okay, is that because of the personnel Dwayne Casey has been given? Is that why they're just choosing not to run in transition? 
Uh, he just doesn't have the personnel he believes to do it. Or is this just something that Dwayne Casey does? He doesn't believe in running in transition. Is this part of his offense? Is there reason to believe that they eventually will try to start you know, playing a little bit faster with the younger team for a team that ranks last in the NBA in half-court offense? Is there hope to believe that they could eventually get there and they'll eventually start trying to run a little bit more? So, you know what I did? I said, you know what? Dwayne Casey didn't just coach in Detroit. Detroit Pistons over the last four years has not been doing Casey's only seasons as a head coach in the NBA. I believe he coached for a team just north of the border of Michigan. And that team was the Toronto Raptors. So what I did was, you know what? I've been looking at the Pistons last five years compared to the years with Stan Van Gundy. Why do I go look at the Toronto Raptors years and how they fared in transition frequency? So if you're watching this on YouTube, we are bringing it up on the screen right now for you guys. Uh, don't worry if you guys listen to the podcast. Trust me, you got you podcast guys. You guys are my day ones. I, I got it covered for you guys. So, again, I'm going to describe it out for you guys who are listening on the podcast. But for those of you on YouTube, you guys will see this. So, if you if you're looking at 2018-19, which was the first season without Dwayne Casey as the whole as the coach of the Toronto Raptors, they were the fifth team in the NBA in transition frequency. 1920, they were the second team in the NBA in transition frequency. If you remember, I'm. I, I believe I'm remembering correctly that 1920 was the year the Toronto Raptors won the NBA championship. No, no, 1819 was the year they won the NBA championship. They ranked fifth in frequency. Obviously, they added Kawhi Leonard. I'm not saying that, you know, they oh they ran in transition. All of a sudden, now they're championship. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, you know, it's something that happened. So in 1819, they were fifth in frequency in transition. 1920, second in transition frequency. 2020, 2021, they were fourth in transition frequency. And so far this year, they are fifth in transition frequency. So it's fair to say, actually, it's just straight up facts to say the Toronto Raptors love pushing in transition now. They love playing fast. And you'd have to say it's worked for them. They've won a championship. They've been a pretty damn good team. Outside last year where they had to play every game on the road, uh, they've been a pretty damn good team. And they look like they're going to be a pretty damn good team this year as well. So it's working for them. But were they always this fast? Did they always play like this before they fired Dwayne Casey? Well, Let's look at it. So Dwayne Casey was hired in 2011 by the Toronto Raptors. When he got signed, the Toronto Raptors immediately were the 28th team in transition frequency. The next year, following year, 12-13, they were 29th in transition frequency. The next year, they were 26th in transition frequency. The next year, they were 18th in transition frequency. 15-16, they were 26th. 16-17, they were 19th. And by far, they're... they're most ran uh, time at, as a team in fran- uh, transition was Dwayne Casey's final year. He, they were ranked 16th in the NBA in transition frequency. That was the year Dwayne Casey won um, coach of the year. And that was the year, if you remember, that was the year everyone thought the Raptors had changed because their offense was different. It wasn't just ISO ball in the half court. They were moving the ball. They were running more. People thought their offense was different and they finally had learned and they were going to perform in the playoffs. As you, everyone knows, that was not the case in the playoffs. They reverted back to bad basketball. Dwayne Casey ended up getting fired in the same year he got coach of the year. Now, let's go ahead. Coup, what are you trying to say by this? What is it you're trying to say? One, I want to make it clear again. This is not me criticizing Dwayne Casey. This is me stating facts. This is me stating just the, the it's just out there. It's the truth. I'm not criticizing. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm simply giving you guys the facts. So, But what my research tells me and what I've looked up and what it says to me is that this is not something that you are probably going to see change with the Detroit Pistons 
It does not seem like it's because they can't get stopped. It does not seem like it's something because they can't get defensive rebounds. If all you guys will sit out there and say this is because the Pistons can't run it, they don't have the athletes to out-athlete people in transition. No, it doesn't seem like it's any of that. It simply seems like that this is something Dwayne Casey believes in. This is simply part of Dwayne Casey's offense. It has been like this since he was in Toronto, his entire time in Toronto, and it's been like that since his entire time in Detroit. Again, this is not me saying he's right or wrong. This is me simply pointing out a fact. I know it's been heavy conversations about why. Why won't the Pistons run in transition? Why are the Pistons selling in half court so much? Why are the Pistons selling for iso ball, you know, and struggling so much in the half court? Why, why wouldn't they just want to push and transition and try to get easy buckets? Again, the evidence I've laid out for you guys, it seems to be simply a philosophy of Dwayne Casey's offense. They don't like to play fast. He doesn't want his team to play fast. Again, my hypothesis is probably because he, he believes that limits turnovers. I, 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 that may be the case. I'd love to answer, ask him this kind of question. If I get the chance in one of the media sessions, I'll be sure to do so. However, again, it just seems like this is something that Dwayne Casey believes in. It has nothing to do, like I said, with any of the defensive things, rebounding, anything. Excuse me. It's been like that his entire coach, head coaching career. So is there reason to believe that the Pistons will eventually start running a little bit more this season or at any point in Dwayne Casey's the rest of his tenure? Well, I would say to you, yes and no. The no is obviously based off 10 years of evidence. We have 10 years of sample size with Dwayne Casey to know that he just simply does not like his team running in transition. So I wouldn't blame any of you guys to simply assume the Pistons are just not going to run in transition. They're just going to have to get better in half court. That's one. The part that I would say maybe you guys could have some hope is that since Kate Cunningham has returned in the three games he's played, I'm not, like I said, I've told you guys many times, I don't count the first game he played when he was on minutes restriction. It doesn't count for me. However, in the three games that he has played since returning, the Pistons ranked sixth in transition frequency off of live rebounds or seventh in transition points per 100 plays off of live rebounds. So what does this mean? Cool. What, what, what do those stats mean? It means that since Dwayne, since uh, not Dwayne Case, since Kate Cunningham has returned, the Pistons are running extremely fast when they get defensive rebounds. They are pushing the ball and they are scoring excellent wise, efficiently, amazing wise in those opportunities in the three games that Kate Cunningham's returned. They are still last in the league off of steals, which is kind of shocking to me in transition frequency off steals. They just still slow it down with in the three games with Cade. But it's still it's it's a step forward. The Pistons, since Cade has came back, has Every time they get a stop at defensive rebound, Kate has pushed the ball. It's directly correlated with him, and they are doing a great job of that. So, again, you have 10 years of evidence to tell you guys they're probably not going to get fast with the ball. They're probably not going to run in transition that much. However, if you want to be hopeful and you believe, if you're one of the people like me who believe the Pistons should get out in transition more, and it would help their offense that absolutely is the worst in the entire NBA in the half court and one of the worst ever in the half court, if you believe that, like I do, there's a set right there that would give you guys some kind of hope that eventually, possibly throughout the season, as K. Cunningham continues to get his legs under and continues to play, that the team may just play faster with K. Cunningham in the lineup and he will just change that. Whatever side you end up on, that's for you guys to decide. However, again, before we move on, I just want to say again, this is not me criticizing Dwayne Casey. This is me simply laying out the evidence for you guys. You guys can choose to criticize him. You guys can choose to side with him. You guys can choose to blame him. That's for you guys to decide. I'm simply here to lay it out for you guys. What do I think? I think the Pistons should be running in transition. I've told you guys this multiple times. It doesn't make sense to me why they don't. They're awful in half court. 
they're not going to get better in the half court, in my opinion. Maybe might go up to like 27th or something in the NBA with Kate Cunningham healthy. But I just don't see them being a good half court offense really this season. And I again, I've been a firm believer of them trying to pick up the pace. And, you know, that, that's where I stand with it. Now, do I believe it's going to happen this season? I don't know, because we have 10 years of sample size that tell you that Dwayne Casey teams just don't do that. But we have this tiny, teeny, tiny bit of sample size with Kay Cunningham over three games that have you believe that maybe, just maybe, they'll play a little bit faster with Kate in the lineup. Again, that's for you guys to decide. Do you guys want to criticize Dwayne Casey? Do you agree with them? Do you think they should be running? Do you think they should stay, keep doing what they're doing? Let me know in the comment section down below on YouTube or in the reviews on Apple Podcasts, or you can hit us up over at Kooky Hill on Twitter or at Lockdown Pistons on Twitter. Let me know where you guys stand. Again, I'm just here to lay out the information for you guys because that's what I'm about. You guys make your own decisions. I'm not going to tell you guys what to think. Anyways, when we come back, we're going to preview the matchup everyone's been waiting for, what's going to have all the eyes on it, Kate Cunningham versus Clarence Green. We'll talk about that matchup after the break. But first... I have to tell you about one of our sponsors, BetOnline AG. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new, updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus from basketball, football, Baseball's postseason, which, by the way, actually, count that out. That was ended. Congratulations to the Atlanta Braves. But as well with the NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. So make sure you go download BetOnline or check out the mobile website to get started today. BetOnline, where the game starts. So... Let's go ahead and talk about the Pistons matchup tonight against the Houston Rockets. Again, thank you for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. We are also available over on YouTube. I will continue to tell you guys we are trying to get to 1K subs. We are at around, I believe, 440 subscribers. Again, if you guys don't like watching the video version, you guys prefer the podcast version, trust me, I feel you guys. You guys are the day ones, but simply support the podcast by going over and subscribe to the channel. You don't have to watch the videos over there. You can still listen on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. But to simply support the podcast, we really appreciate it. Help us get to 1,000 subscribers. Hopefully, we can get there by the end of this year. But anyways, let's go ahead and talk about this matchup. Um, Jalen Green versus Kay Cunningham. Again, this is a matchup that everyone has been waiting for, waiting to see. All the eyes are going to be on it. We talked about it a little bit yesterday on last night's podcast or, or last morning's podcast that ESPN is probably going to be talking about this game. Uh, you know, Fox, Fox Sports are going to be watching. Everyone's going to be just watching this game. It's going to be talked about afterwards about the pundits, the analysts, the, the sports debate shows. You know, it's going to be, you know, if Cade has a great game, it's, oh, was Cade the right pick? Or if Jalen Green has a good game, it's like, oh, did the did the Detroit Pistons make a mistake by choosing Cade Cunningham? It's going to be all those overreactions after, after this game tonight. Uh, hopefully – our guy, Kate Cunningham, ends up on the right side of this because I know it's going to be – it's it's really annoying to have to deal with that for what, like a – what is it that you have to hear all those talking heads talk about? Like the next week and a half or so, they'll just sit here and, and praise Jalen Green if he outplays him tonight or scores more points than him, I guess that's to say. But, yeah, I, it, I would advise you guys to just be prepared that if Jalen Green does win tonight, just don't watch any sports television. It's You probably are not going to like it. But anyways – Let's look at what Jalen Green is doing for the Houston Rockets this year. 
So, so far through 10 games. And once again, actually, you know what? Let me make sure I, I make this clear. I've said this on a few podcasts. I know we get our jokes off about Clarence Green. Uh, you know, we, we call him a fake tough guy. You know, we make fun of the comments where he's like, oh, I want to go to Detroit. And then also, oh, I would never step outside of Detroit. But he's supposed to be raised up in like this tough hood. It's supposed to be this hood guy, this guy that we're both is really about that life. But he's apparently scared to step outside of Detroit. Doesn't sound like a tough guy to me. It sounds like a whatever. I know we get our jokes off about that. However, I just want to make this clear. I think he's going to be a good player. I'm not rooting for anyone to fail. I think he's going to be a good player. I don't think he's going to be better than Jalen uh, or uh, Kay Cunningham. I don't think he's probably even going to be better than Evan Mobley. He probably is not going to be better than Scotty Barnes, in my opinion. But I think he can be a, a, a good player. And I hope he's going to become a good player. And his first 10 games is not going to decide his entire career. I just want to make sure I get that out the way. While we can get the jokes out and laugh at him and make fun of some of his comments and make fun of some of his pictures that he takes, where he looks like he's putting Snapchat filters on every picture he takes. And, you know, he's, you know, he's, he looks like my fiance, you know, in the, in, in the mirror, just, you know, taking multiple different takes, taking a hundred fit, uh, selfies and deciding on the one, you know, we can make fun of all those things. Okay. But I just want to make it clear. I'm rooting for the guy's success. I think he's going to be a good player. Anyways, through 10 games this season, Jalen Green is averaging 13.6 points a game while shooting 35% from the field, 28% from deep. He has an efficiency field goal percent, effective field goal percentage, I'm sorry, of 42.9. Yuck. He's shooting 42% on all two-pointers. Yuck. And he's shooting 73% from the free throw line. Yuck. He's also averaging three assists to three turnovers. Yuck. Um, it's not been a great opening start to Jalen Green's career through 10 games. Now, it also hasn't been that great of a start for Kate Cunningham if you're looking at the numbers. Though I would say if you watch Kate Cunningham's games, he looks the part of a number one overall pick. He's just not sinking shots. I don't know if you could say the same about Jalen Green. However, Jalen Green has struggled out the gate, and it's going to be interesting. You know, he's he's talked a hell of a lot about Detroit. He's You could say he's probably talked more about Detroit before the season started than he did about his team in Houston. So you know for a fact that he's going to have his eyesight on this team, on this game here. You know he had it circled on his calendar. He's going to come out here. He's going to try to obliterate the Pistons. He's going to come out here and try to make them, you know, look stupid. Um, yeah, he also has a true shooting percentage of 46.5, which is also just like Stanley Johnson-like. Just oof. Oh, God, bad. Um, I will cut him a little bit of slack. I'll say this because this year in the NBA, they are cutting. We're seeing lows across the offensive board everywhere because of the new rules with free throws. Uh, you know, refs not calling as many fouls for free throw attempts, etc. Um, they're cutting out like the hooking of the fouls. They're creating contact kind of thing. Uh, you know, a lot of guys are still adjusting that because they they're used to just you know flopping and and flailing for foul calls and it's adjustment for people. So I, I'm giving everyone really a pass for this season for the, the low numbers in offense uh, because. At least a little bit of a pass. I want, you know, maybe not a pass, but a little bit of an understanding that, like, yeah, offensive numbers are probably going to be down this year. It just, it is what it is. It doesn't say too much. It won't say, unless you're like James Harden right now, who's averaging what, like, he just looks awful without the, the without the fouls. Unless you're like that, I'm going to give you a little slack because of it, especially if you're a rookie adjusting to it too, uh, because they are in the effort to try to eliminate those fouls. They are missing clear fouls as well, uh, which eventually is going to be a good thing. But right now, there is a process to go through with it. Um, but, yeah, Jalen Green has not played the best to start the season through the first 10 games. However, like I said, he 100% is going to be going all out for the Pistons tonight. He's going to try to make them absolutely pay uh, for passing up on him at number two, even though he says that he didn't want to come to Detroit. But before the draft, he's, I'm not going to do that. You know what? I'm not going to do that with them. But I'm going to be fair. 
Kate Cunningham on the season is also averaging basically 11 points per game while shooting. Come on, basketball reference, move out my way. Uh, 23% from the field, 14% from three, 26% effective field goal percentage, though he's shooting 93% from the free throw line. That is good. I don't want to look at this two shooting, but I haven't looked at his two shooting percentage yet on uh, this season. I honestly am scared to look. Oh, God. I'm blind. I, oof. 34.6% true shooting. Really bad. Um, so, yeah, it, I mean, it's going to be a duel of these two guys who are struggling to hit shots right now to enter their, to start their rookie season or their rookie season and their NBA careers. Now, like I said, Kay Cunningham has looked apart in every other area. He's just, he's creating the space. He's creating good shots for himself. He's finding his open teammates. He's playing decent defense. Uh, you know, he's, he's showing all the things that made him the number one overall pick. I don't know if you can say the same thing about Jalen Green. So tonight, if let's just let's just throw this out there for the matchup, and then we'll end the podcast. If you tell me both guys score under ten points, shoot poorly from the field, who outplayed who? I think it's going to be very clear that Kay Cunningham is, it will have outplayed Jalen Green if you told me that ahead of time. However, if you tell me Jalen Green went off for like I don't know, like twenty five points or something, and Cade only dropped fifteen points, uh, no matter what Cade did. Otherwise, like the passing, the defense, the reads, all that stuff, the process, all that stuff that makes their team better. I can promise you guys that K or Jalen Green is going to be the one that's talked about on ESPN, on TV, as being better than Cade and that the Pistons should have taken. I promise you that's going to happen. The only way Cade can avoid it is if he outscores Jalen Green. Because you guys already know that's how they care about his points. So I advise you guys not to even be watching this game for that reason. I advise you guys to watch this game for the matchup, obviously. This matchup is big. Watch it for that. But don't watch it for just the points. Look at what the guys are doing for each other's teams. Hopefully, and by the way, both these teams only have one win. The Houston Rockets are one and nine. The Pistons are one and eight. Someone's going to give here. Someone's going to get their second win. So just enjoy the game. Enjoy the matchup. Don't pay too much attention to what's going to happen afterwards on TV. I'd advise you guys not even to watch TV after what happened uh, after the game result. But yeah, enjoy the game tonight. It's in Houston, so no one's going to be Pistons fans can't really be at the game unless you guys travel. Which if you guys do travel, you guys are dope. Uh, but yeah. Enjoy the game tonight. It's going to be an interesting matchup to see if one of these guys snap out of their funk. Maybe both of them snap out and have a great game shooting-wise against each other. But I do expect Kay Cunningham to outplay him, even if he doesn't outscore Jalen Green. I expect him to outplay Jalen Green because he's simply the better player. Um, But that's all I've got for you guys on today's podcast. Let me know what you guys thought about today's podcast down below in the comments or in the reviews or over on Twitter at Hill or at Lockdown Pistons. I really want to hear you guys' thoughts about the whole first two segments where we talked about the transition offense with Dwayne Casey and all that stuff. I really want to hear you guys' thoughts on that. So make sure you guys let me know. Thank you guys for listening to today's podcast. If you guys are into fantasy basketball, make sure you guys go check out Josh Lloyd and on Locked On Fantasy Basketball. He's doing a great job of giving you all the tidbits, insight, who to start, who to sign, who to bench, all those kind of things. If you're into, into fantasy basketball, definitely go check out that Locked On Fantasy Basketball podcast. It will be great for you, give you a leg up on your competition. And until the next podcast where we will have the result of the Houston Rockets versus the Detroit Pistons game. I'll see you guys then. Go Pistons. Please, Cade, please, for the love of us not having to do with Stephen A. Smith, Chan Sharp, Skip Bayless spamming our Twitter lines or, or all that with Jalen Green is better than you. Please, I'm, 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 please. I'm looking at the camera, man. I'm, I'm looking at the camera. I'm talking to you right now. Please, just don't. Don't make us go through this. Don't don't make us do this. I, I'm I'm gonna try to avoid it, but please just don't give it an opportunity. Just go out there and handle your business. Please. I'll see you guys in the next podcast. Peace out, everybody.